This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? Then you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy com or underdog fantasy in the app store sign up with promo code pitcher list and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 must be 18 year older 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org in Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in New York call 1-877-8 Hope and why in Tennessee call 1-800-889-9789. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, the morning pitching podcast from PitcherList.com. My name is Nick Polk. Today is August 21st, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball. I'm going off to San Francisco on Thursday for three days, and then on Sunday, I'm flying to L.A. We're going to have a meetup in L.A. on September 2nd. Look for more details on the site about that. I'll be posting it to Twitter. I'll be posting it inside the Discord as well. In addition, uh, I might be around on Thursday or Friday inside of San Francisco if you want to meet up and hang out. We have a loose meetup there. We're going to, uh, a bunch of us are going to the game on Friday night, which I cannot wait. So if you're at that game on Friday in San Francisco, reach out to me on Twitter, find me. I'll be there with some other people in the industry and it might be really cool to just meet you and hang out. So let us know. It's going to be lots of fun. It also means that these podcasts and streaming articles starting on Wednesday night are going to be coming out the night before, not the day of. So I apologize in advance that I will be a little bit uh, outdated um, in the morning if there are some last-minute changes to rotations, that kind of stuff. All right, Dakota Hudson. Oh, boy. Pick him up. I'm just going to tell him right now. 5.1 innings, 200 runs, 5 hits, 2 walks, 7 Ks, 13 whiffs, 27% CSW. He's a different pitcher. And I kind of hate myself that I didn't really do my due diligence looking at Dakota Hudson before the start yesterday as I should have put him into the quality start. It's not the quality start, the questionable start. <laughs> the other QS uh, tier as his his slider has been much better. Uh, in the previous three starts before this, 23% swing strike rate on that slider instead of 13% the previous year. And in this one, it was 23%. Once again, 9 over 40 whiffs, and he threw it 40% of the time, not the 28% we saw in 2022. 40% usage with that kind of return is phenomenal for Dakota Hudson. And with that as his MO now, instead of just trying to throw these sliders, sorry, these sinkers for balls in play and not having any control, which, by the way, only two walks in this one and just four in his last three games now, seems like the slider's helping with that one too. This is a new pitcher to me, and he has a decent matchup next. He gets the Phillies on the Pirates, and I think I want in. I think I want to jump in for the Phillies where you might be tepid on it because of the matchup. But if you don't go in there, you won't be able to get him for the Pirates. I think you go for it there. Dallas Keuchel went 6.1 innings, 0 in runs, 1 hit, 0 walks, and 3 Ks. He was flirted with perfection here. Kind of wild. Uh, yeah, he went 16 for 17 on balls in play. Uh, I believe it was 16 for 16 until the last one, so... You know, you can't really buy into that with Dallas Keuchel. And the Twins might be going to a six-man to accommodate for this. I think that would be a foolish endeavor because he just got really lucky here. Uh, he, sh- he was just really a temp plan for Joe Ryan. And now that Joe Ryan's coming back, 
I just don't see that Dallas Keuchel should remain here. There is some hope about Louis Varland at some point, but nah, nah. Kyle Bradish against the Oakland Athletics. He's just been phenomenal, and you just keep starting him. He's getting to a great groove of leaning more on sinkers and four-seamers. Those earned him a ton of strikes, 74% strikes, and just three in play, and I love that. Uh, sit percentage, strikes in play percentage is actually something we're working on in the back end, and I think it makes a lot of sense. And for pitches like Bradish's sinker and four-seamer, we don't want those pitches in play. We want the cutters, the curveballs, and the uh, sliders to be in play because those are just much better uh much better pitches and as far as Expoba goes, right? So good stuff there. And I should really say Expo Bacon for when they are in play, we expect good things for them, right? He's just cruising right now and I'm going to have to keep raising him on the list. Uh, I'm so glad that he, you know, at the beginning of the year, there was a lot of emphasis on the four-seamer. I didn't like him because I hated that four-seamer. And the fact that Brash has axed it and become something else I think that's just really cool. Um, Chunjin Ryu against the Reds. Five innings, zero runs for its two walks and seven Ks inside of Cincinnati. And his changeup and his curveball each had a 40% plus O swing. That's what you want to see. This is really good. And now he gets the uh, Cleveland and Cleveland Guardians. I love this. I'm going to go for that. Just, you know, don't just blindly start him because he gets cores after that. I know cores is not as terrifying as it used to be. It's still not good. So... Keep that in mind. Trevor Williams against the Phillies. Six innings, zero runs, two hits, three walks, and four Ks. That is what I call a werewolf, where he will go one amazing outing uh, and like in a month or so. He got a gold star as well. Same with Dallas Keiko. Both of them got him. They both get a gold star for this. This is ridiculous. Uh, Emerson Hancock, unfortunately, left his start with shoulder soreness. Um, I, I said yesterday in the podcast that was a lat strain. I saw it at the corner of my eye as I was recording it. I apologize. It was a shoulder strain. Really unfortunate. He does, you know, he wasn't really likely to stick in the rotation after this in the first place. I was thinking maybe it could be a six man, but with Brian Move returning anyway this week, we don't really, we didn't really expect Hancock to appear. And I imagine with a shoulder strain like this, the Mariners are going to be very careful with this rookie. So don't expect Emerson Hancock to return anytime soon, if at all, this year. Ryan Baruki, Baruki opened for Osvaldo Bito to try and vulture a win. And you almost had it. I mean, the guy went 3.1 innings of two and runs and four hits. Zero walks and six Ks, and essentially left, you know, finished five innings with zero runs, uh, or just two and runs on the docket, I should say. But, you know, wasn't ha- going to happen because Keigel was on the other side, and Beto is not someone you want to chase. Jacob Junis went 1.2 innings for 43 pitches, and then it was Alex Wood, who I initially thought was going to go today, who tossed 19, and then it was Tristan Beck for 41. I can't stand this whole San Francisco Giants rotation thing. I mean, it's like Webb and Cobb, and then whatever the heck else, and I just don't want... Uh, look, I know it's Sean Manaya today, I guess, and there's Junis and Alex Wood and Beck in this one, and maybe Ross Stripling in the other. I, I don't know, man. I don't want to deal with any of it. Josh Minkowski opened for Nick Pavetta, who did well. Five innings, two in runs, three hits, one walk, and eight strikeouts against the Yankees. I'm sure the Yankees are not the team that they used to be. That is absolutely true. But Pavetta, I mean, he adapted here. It wasn't the greatest traditional slider um, that we saw before from him. However, the sweeper was doing exactly what we wanted to do in the same spot. So that's really good. The negative here is that Nick Pavetta gets the Dodgers and the Astros up next. You don't want that. So if you haven't yet, you can go ahead and drop Nick Pavetta. I know Pavetta has been so good for you that you're like, no, I I can't do it. No, no, no. Look, you don't have much of the season left. You really, these are the kind of situations or really the moves that actually will do wonders for you moving forward. And it's just tough. It's just how it is. Eduardo Rodriguez against the Guardians uh, got the win. 6.2 innings, one run, four hits, one walk, six Ks. Everything's cool here. It's nice watching Rodriguez go 93 um, with some good sliders, actually, that get some whiffs. 
It's nice to see. Unfortunately, he gets the Astros next, and I'm not going to start him there. Hendricks against the Royals. I didn't really know what to make of this because I didn't know what to make of the Royals' offense. But it's not Atlanta, so I went with it. And, well, you know, you got the win, 6.1 innings and one to run. He is just doing the change-up uh, sinker thing. He is your Spider-Man for the year as the best Toby of the season. 3.32 ERA across 95 innings and 16 starts uh, since returning from the IL. It's It's wonderful. Chris Flexen against the White Sox, six innings, one earned run, seven hits, zero walks, and five Ks. In cores hosting the White Sox. Honestly, his command was really good. It was cutters down in glove side, and you have the uh, the four-seamer upstairs. That's nice. He does get Camden next, and at least he can go 85-plus pitches, right? So there are worse options out there. Um, Adrian Hauser against the Rangers. I got the win because Adrian Hauser just made it work. His slider had a 55% CSW, and I watched it, and when you think about sliders, you think of them being down in glove side, like none of them were. They were just like over the plate, or actually were too far away to lefties, as he tried to backdoor them. I just, five innings, one run, six hits, one walk, seven Ks. If you want to call him a cherry bomb, by all means, but Adrian Hauser, what the, it's okay, baseball. Jordan Lyles went eight innings and 200 runs and didn't get a win, he got a loss. I mean, look, he five innings, one walk, and two Ks, and he did not pitch well. There were so many, like, horrible sweepers, cutters, sinkers, change-ups, like, down the pipe here, okay? This should not have worked, so I guess it's just dessert that, like, he did not get the win. But, I mean, at the same time, eight innings and two and runs, and he got the win. Welcome to Drawing Lyles. Uh, Logan Allen against the Tigers. Six innings, two and runs, four hits, two walks, and five Ks. Great stuff here. Uh, he's a Toby to me. And I'm glad that the sweepers did well with swings outside the zone. The four-seamer was generally, like, over the plate and up a little bit. Uh, I don't think that he's going to have the same command of... Like, if he does this against the Jays, I think it doesn't really work. What he did against the Jays last time, it was success. It was even more so upstairs. It was the most precise start I think I've seen from Logan Allen of the Blake Snell blueprint. I don't think he's going to have that command again, so I would be very cautious against the Jays. But then again, how good are the Jays right now? The Jays have been kind of weird. Bobochette is coming back, though. I still want to consider the Jays and above average offense, even though they're not the elite ones that they were at the beginning of the season. All right, we have a lot of other guys to talk about, of course, in today's and tomorrow's starters. We're going to talk about all of that after this break. This podcast is sponsored by Underdog. Want to make money making picks on MLB games? Then you have to try Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to play fantasy sports. In Underdog's Pick'em game, you just pick your favorite baseball players and predict whether they will go higher or lower on stats like strikeouts, hits, and more. Pick to two to five players, get all your picks right, and you can win up to 20 times your money in a single night. Be sure to sign up with the promo code PITCHERLIST and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100 so you have some bonus cash to start playing with. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy com or underdog fantasy in the app store sign up with promo code pitcher list and get your first deposit doubled up to $100 must be 18 year older 19 year older in Alabama and Nebraska 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org in Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in New York call 1-877-8 Hope and why in Tennessee call 1-800-889-9789. Clark Schmidt worked out as a stream pick of the day. 8K, 6 base runners in 2 and runs in 5.2 innings. Good to see that. He gets the Raisin Tigers next and I think you're fine to do that. Uh, don't let the start against Atlanta misguide you. And speaking of Atlanta, Alex, Alex, Max Freed 
<laughs> Alex Freed uh, against the Giants did not come through. 5.2 innings, uh, 300 runs, 9 hits, 1 walk, 6 Ks. A worse, very, very poor quality start is not what you want from Freed against San Francisco. And I can't really pinpoint exactly what it is right now. I could just say he was singled out or something like that. But Freed should be better than this. And I, I, that that's all I can really say at the moment. I might watch it a little bit more intently while, when I look at the list today. But yeah, I wouldn't really lean too heavily on these recent starts from Freed. I would just keep going. Carlos Carrasco, never four innings, three and runs. Okay, whatever. Uh, Max Scherzer had a terrible start against Milwaukee, and it's a one-night bland. You don't read into that. Zach Wheeler allowed the first five base runners to reach. It was three, it was three singles, a double, and a single. And it was 4 nothing quickly for the Nationals with a single out. And then after that, 21 outs, two hits, one walk, no earned runs, five Ks. <laughs> That's Zach Wheeler for you, right? He has these moments where things just stink for like a brief moment collects himself and dominates, right? It's unfortunate that it was four and runs before he collected himself, but he was amazing. So, you know, it's kind of funny. You see his whole line, I'm like, oh, it was bad this game. Like, no, he was bad for the first inning and it was just so amazing after that. It's kind of funny. Dylan Cease against uh, the Rockies in Coors had 23 whiffs, whiffs for Gallo's pole. His slider was really good. I mean, it wasn't the most perfect, but yeah, it was a really good 10 whiffs on that. Four seamers are well spotted upstairs. Curve, we're getting tons of strikes. Eight hits, two walks, five earned runs, 4.2 innings. I think he got singled out here. And sure, he had a terrible curveball to Blackman, but it wasn't really that bad. It was an OO curveball that was more inside than outside, and Blackman just pulled it for a home run. What are you going to do? Cease actually looked pretty good in this one. Hunter Brown against the Manners did not. Uh, his breaking balls were terrible. They, they were just, I don't know what's going to happen when these kind of comes out of my hand. And his four-seamer, sometimes were up and they were good, but when they were down, they weren't. Um, and so you combine those two things, and there you go. You have 600 runs and 10 base runners in 2.2 innings and just five strikeouts. Do I think that this is Hunter Brown forever? No. He gets the Tigers next, and you're going to start him there. This is what uh, baseball is like. You do not always perform at your peak, and... Usually for rookies, when they are not, they don't have their best stuff, it's, they don't have the experience to adjust inside the start as much as sophomores and juniors and, I don't know, do we call these guys sophomores and juniors? More experienced pitchers, right? Uh, they're, they're able to figure out what's going on and how to get it back or how to adjust and everything. That's kind of why we see this kind of stuff more so from rookies and then development, this is what it looks like. Uh, so don't count out Hunter Brown because of this kind of stuff. I understand you can't trust him. You want to call him a cherry bomb by all means. But pitching for the Astros against the Tigers is a really good thing. And I think you should start him there. J.P. Sears did not come through against the Orioles. Four innings, seven earned runs, nine hits, two walks, four Ks. A bit of a bummer. Um, as obviously Sears has a really good four-seamer and most of the time a good slider. But some nights are like this where it's just like, yeah, he's not really putting it together. Uh, he does get the White Sox and Mariners though. And I feel like he should be fine against the Mariners. He's had some rough matchups lately, J.P. Sears, and I feel like the White Sox are going to make him feel a lot better, more confident. So I understand we want to avoid that completely, but don't overlook it. And Hunter Green against the Jays, three innings of 800 runs, 10 hits, three walks, four Ks. You know what's crazy about this? His PLV was good. And actually, it was fun looking that up today. I mean, when I say good, it was average to above average because it, his strike zone pop was so funny. He threw so many excellent four-seamers and sliders. Like, so many of them. But it's 90 pitches. And I'd say about, like, 15 mistakes or so. Maybe 15 to 20 that he threw. Uh, all of them 
like I would say on two thirds of them were the hits that he allowed. Like any of the good pitches he threw, he did not allow any hits. It was really hilarious how the Jays just jumped on every mistake that he threw. And it's really annoying because there's two sides of the coin. There's a side of you're struggling and that means that every mistake you throw gets destroyed and it's just so demoralizing. You feel like you have to be better than you really should be. While the guys who uh, shouldn't be doing well do well throwing all those mistakes and getting away with them, right? You know, it's easy for us to say like, oh, he threw mistakes and got punished. Whatever. He's not good. I'm like, no, 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 no. Every pitcher throws mistakes every single game. A lot of pitchers, like Jordan Lyles, getting eight and runs and two and runs, uh, two runs and eight innings, threw like sixty percent mistakes, <laughs> right? And, and that's just kind of how it works. So, I, I don't think that this start against the Jays should sway you. It's a still ill anyway. We were gonna write this off. We weren't gonna start him. He gets the Diamondbacks, the Giants, and the Mariners next. I'm starting from all three. I really think that if anyone looks at this and goes, oh my gosh, she's just a bust now. No, I think I think that's just being foolish and uh, looking at the wrong sample. Uh, looking forward to today and tomorrow's games. Today we have a lot of updates. It's kind of funny how it just completely shifted overnight. Um, Luis Castillo and Aaron Ola in the top tier. You have Lucas Giolito, Jordan Montgomery. Now Michael Waka against the Marlins. I'm going with that one. Alan Winans is now going for Atlanta. Pick him up because it's a two-step week with the Giants after this one against the Mets. And uh, yeah, I think Alan, Alan Winans is a good pitcher. Uh, Javier Assad and Graham Ashcraft round out the probable start tier. I like them both. It's it, They're not slam dunks, um, but uh, Javier Assad should be good enough against the Tigers. Good cutter down and away and sinkers inside of right-handers. Um, and should jam a lot of lefties, I think, on the Tigers with that cutter. While Graham Ashcraft, it's kind of weird because the slider got worse last time. And he gets the Angels, though. The Angels have been, like, really bad. Um, save for what they did to Glasnow. So I think you do. He's been on such a good stretch. I think it's like a 217 ERA in his last seven starts or something. So I, you just have to go with Graham, Graham Ashcraft. Question will start to you. We have Christian Javier versus James Paxson. Two guys, I didn't think they were both starting today. And then all of a sudden just got updated today. I'd rather have Javier. Why? Sliders were strikes last time and the night and the time before. And that's been the biggest thing missing from him. Unfortunately, the fastball, which had been there, is not. I'm going to wager that Javier, it's a higher chance that Javier, Javier has his four-seamer today. Now, will he have the slider back too for the third straight game? I hope so. I'm gonna I'm gonna think that this is the start of it coming back, but this is why it's questionable, not probable. Um, it's also the Red Sox who are not very scary. You have James Paxson on the other side of it. I think his fastball's gotten worse last three starts. The Astros are terrifying, and I kind of just want to see Paxton be okay, but they're both questionable because I would consider them. Um, Do not start here. I can see an argument for both Bailey Falter and Paul Blackburn being inside a questionable start. Bailey Falter will have an opener, and he didn't look bad um, his last two games. Um, He looked okay against Atlanta, and then he looked well against the, uh, performed well against the Mets and against St. Louis, and that could work. And I'm trying as much as I can to make questionable start more inviting of those like desperate do not start plays um, where, yeah, those guys could go six innings and it could be fine, but I don't really want to, I don't want to do it in my 12 teamers, right? Um, versus the do not starts, which are underneath Falter and Blackburn, like Blackburn against the Royals. He did well last time, but the Royals are kind of good. I don't really want to do it. But then you have like Drew Rahm making his uh, MLB debut. And I looked him up on, on Savant last two games. It's kind of surprising to me. Why? He has 18 strikeouts in the last two games. The 10 strikeout game, he had 15 whiffs on his four-seamer. Nick, that's amazing. Oh my gosh, it's a four-seamer dominant guy. Well, he throws 91. And a lot of those four-seamers were down the pipe. And then there were a good amount that were upstairs. And those were the swinging misses. All the Every single four-seamer whiff that he had was in the upper half. 
But when I say upper half, like, not necessarily upper third. You know, there were some that were down the middle. Like, Videl Bruhan swung and missed on a, I think it was an 0 or 1-1 fastball right down the middle. I don't know. And is there really so much induced vertical break on this that uh, he deserves it? It's possible. I mean, we've seen, like, Joe Ryan, for example, have success at lower velocity 91 in change, right, last year. So he could be one of those guys. He lives and dies with that pitch, though. It was only six whiffs in the next one in the eighth strikeout game. He had more called strikeouts in that. The uh, He had four whiffs on four seamers upstairs and out of the zone, four strikeouts. It was like really well spotted. And then really just a couple sliders and maybe a splitter or something like that. But it, to me, it feels like you take down the minors and you're not really that dominant in the majors, but it's the Pirates, too. So I understand if you want to spec out Drew Rahm here, it's not the worst... That's also known as DJ Rom, I think, too. Uh, I've I've seen worse situations here. It's also an MLB debut, and I hate starting MLB debuts. So do what you want here against the Pirates. Uh, the other guys, Alex Fajardo, Alec Marsh, uh, Alex Fajardo against the Cubs. I mean, sure, maybe he has his amazing slider, but like, I don't think there's enough there, honestly. Um, Alec Marsh against the Athletics is Athletics, and maybe Marsh does it, but. Uh, um, I don't think his fastball is good. That 11 strikeout game was an anomaly easily. Sean Manaya is going to have an opener against the Phillies, so maybe you can vulture a win there. Um, as he's been good in those three inning bursts. You have Tuki Dusant against the Mariners. Maybe there is a strikeout play to be had here. There's Ryan Weathers against the Padres, which is an absolute not. I mean, this is the thing. Like the last three here of the Weathers, Slade Sassoni, and David Peterson are true do not start those. So uh, say Slade gets the Rangers, David Peterson gets Atlanta, and Ryan Weathers gets the Padres. Now, arguably, you could say that all of the other do not starts are desperate plays, and I get that. Tuka Dusant maybe could get strikeouts with that amazing curveball, but there's nothing else. But that that's just kind of how I see it is like that's a 25% chance or, or lower. So that's why they're in do not start. But I do want to express as much as I can of like the cutoff of the true, yeah, this is such a rare, it would be the unbelievable to me if those bottom three guys, whether Sasoni, Peterson, do well. Well, the other ones, I can see it, but I don't in any way want to start them. Cool? Okay, cool. Uh, looking forward to tomorrow's as we, of course, I'm going along on this one. And by the way, we have a special surprise tonight. Um, if you're watching on playback.tv, I'm like streaming all day today. Uh, I might have a special surprise for you guys around like 6.30, 7 o'clock on playback.tv. You don't want to miss this. Um, it's a true rarity. And I, I don't want to spoil what it is. Might not come to fruition, but I'm pretty sure it will. I'm very, very, very excited about it. So I hope to see you guys there. I'll playback.tv slash pitcher list. Come hang out. It's absolutely free. It's it's Twitch, but it's live s- sports too. Like, it's amazing. Um, okay. Uh, Blake Snell and Justin Verlander, George Kirby, Bobby Miller, Yusei Kikuchi, and Zach Gallen are in that top tier. Gallen gets the Rangers, which is really annoying after not a good start. But Kikuchi also is like just been so good that you're not going to bench him inside of Camden. Probable starts here. Andrew Abbott has been fine. Like, he's not the the stud he was before, but we all know he's a good pitcher, and he gets the Angels who have not been good. Bailey Ober has been good, but also he has allowed too many hits on his changeup and slider in the middle of the plate. Hopefully those get better uh, here against Milwaukee, who doesn't scare me, so I think you're going to go with that. Grayson Rodriguez against Toronto. How do we feel about Toronto? I don't know. Grayson Rodriguez has been so electric, I think you're going to go with that. Zach Littell against the Rockies on Rocky Road is the stream pick of the day. Cheap win probability. I know the Rays haven't come through for him offensively, but, I mean, this is Rocky Road. I feel like you're pretty safe here. Uh, John Gray and Bryce Elder rounded out. John Gray's got his fastball back a bit, but Slider's still amazing. And Bryce Elder, I think, is actually kind of safe against the Mets. You cannot underestimate the win chance that it, you have pitching for Atlanta right now. 
Uh, question will start here. You have Reed Detmers, Wade Miley, and Carlos Rodon leading the way. Reed Detmers just had a great start against the Rangers, but I don't really think that he pitched with surgical intent. That is, he wasn't really executing, but the pitches were landing in good spots, but they were not what he wanted to do a lot. He wasn't really a locked-in guy uh, against the Rangers, so I'm not quite sold that he's going to perform well against the Reds after such a bad stretch they had before. Uh, Wade Miley against the Twins is pretty safe. The ceiling just isn't that high. Uh, Carlos Rodon comes back from the IL against the Nationals. I'm still in belief that Rodon will look like an ace this year. Um, it's a still ill, though, and we don't really know how long he's going to go and what we're going to see. I hope we see 96 miles per hour sitting there uh, for Carlos Rodon and not erratic command. Um, Jesus Lazardo against the Padres. Oh, boy. Uh, he allowed three home runs against the Astros in the first inning on three very bad mistakes. Um, still, unlucky that they all capitalized in, in that way against the Astros. Yeah, Padres are really good against lefties, though. So I understand if you want to bench him, I mean, it's been like two really bad starts back-to-back. Uh, Taiwan Walker against the Giants. He took a long rest because... Uh, long rest is in D&D. Uh, he skipped his spot in the rotation because he had lower velocity. And uh, I hope that he's okay against the Giants. Um, yeah, I think you probably do star him for this one. Um, I think you do lean into it. I mean, I do recognize, though, if he's at 91 again, it's just... Oof. Mike Clevenger has been kind of hot lately. Uh, I still don't really believe in what he does as four-seamer slider-cutter. Maybe he's just even four-seam slider. I don't really think either one is that exceptional, but it is the Mariners, and they could give in to that stuff, so I understand if you want to start him there. And Yohan Aviedo is a cherry bomb. He always has been, always will be, as long as that four-seamer exists inside of Arsenal as he goes against the Cardinals. And the do not start here tomorrow, we get another debut. That is Cal Harrison pitching for the Giants against the Phillies. Very exciting. He's a flamethrower with a good breaking ball, and control has always been an issue for him. So I'm very curious what we get tomorrow. Uh, do not start MLB debut. You guys know that. And then it is Atlanta after. So if you are adding him as a spec ad, you might have to wait about 10 days or so. So keep that in mind. But he could be very exciting. It's also very volatile and unknown. Even if Kyle Harrison does well here, I don't really know if that's going to be the command we're going to see because he does have that history of poor command. Josiah Gray against the Yankees. I know the Yankees are bad, but Josiah Gray is just not someone you want to trust. Same with Reese Olsen against the Cubs. Cubs are a tough offense. You don't want to trust really Reese Olsen. You don't know where you're going to get. Ty Bloch might be a very sneaky stream here against the Rays as Bloch has been... I know. I'm so sorry. Black. Uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. Ty. <laughs> uh, he's actually doing like the Blaze Dunk Blueprint decently well right now. And the Rays offense are is kind of weird. So that might work. Now, I want to make a point that uh, the bottom three or so are really bad here. Kyle Muller against the Royals, no way. Adam Wainwright against Pittsburgh, you never do Wainwright. And Tyler McGill against Atlanta, absolutely not. The other ones here... Drew Smiley against the Tigers. Uh, maybe. Is he stretched out? I don't like it. Uh, he hasn't really been that guy anyway for a while. Because um, the curveball just is not as consistent as we want it to be. Noah Syndergaard against the Dodgers. I mean, sure, revenge game. But he's not good. So we'll see. Uh, Tanner Houck is returning, we think, uh, to the rotation against the Astros. So there's already jitters and adrenaline there. And like it's the Astros. And it just speaks to more volatility and probably a pitch count. And lastly, it's Angel Zerba, who could come through against the Athletics, but hasn't really been stretched out, and I don't really love, you know, it's a four-seamer slider. Um, I believe a third pitch, I can't remember, I think it's a changeup, but it's uh, it's something exciting to me, right? There's nothing that really jumps out on the page for me, I don't even know how long it's going to go. So all of that is just clearly, like, a void. I think um, Smiley and Down is, like, the true, like, yeah, don't do this. The other four I could conceivably put into questionable start, but I just don't think 
it's something that you should be chasing. Okay, that is it for today. Thank you all so much for the support. Hope to see some of you later this week or in LA next week. Um, and that is all. So my name is Nick Pollock, and may your babbits be low and your strikeouts high.